Capturing the world. Hey, what's going on, y'all? This is David Carmichael II. And before we get into our new episode, I want to tell you about my brand, Capture the World. Capture the World is a black-owned streetwear brand from Hampton, Virginia. Capture the World represents the young generation of creatives around the world. Next up are Millennials and Generation Z. What is a creative? A creative can be described as an individual that sees the world differently from everyone else. A creative can be looked at as a leader or a person that influences people with their gifts and talents. A creative uses their gift from God, not for money and fame, but for the greater good of the world. A creative thinks outside of the box and brings innovation in the world. Anyone from the young generation can be considered creative and capture the world, but those people that are ambitious, passionate, and have perseverance are the only ones that can bring their gifts and talents into fruition and capture the world. Are you a creative? Do you want to capture the world? Capture World Apparel plans to provide the highest quality, high fashion, and give a unique look. You can visit our website at www.capturetheworldapparel.com. The world is yours. Capture it. This episode was recorded on October 31st, 2020. Hope you enjoy. Hey, what's going on, y'all? This is your host, David Carmichael II. I'm back with another episode of the Caption World Podcast. I have another great special guest. His name is Isaac Wilson Jr. He resides in Washington, D.C. He is an author and minister. He has a book called The Challenges of Fatherhood. Um, this book encourages men to be better fathers and family men. How you doing, Isaac? How you doing today, man? Oh, I'm doing well. I'm glad to be here on your show. Uh, you know, it's Glad to be here. Thank you for having me come on today. No doubt, no doubt, man. So um we was just discussing, you know, previously, um, you know, you reside in DC. Um it's a kinda of, it's a chilly day in um in Hampton, Virginia. How's the weather up there? Uh it's about the same here as well. Uh, you know, we we getting ready to uh transition into winter, it seems like uh so I think it's gonna be a cold winter this year, to be honest with you. Yeah, no doubt. But it's nice sunny, yeah. It's crazy because it was it was kind of it was pretty warm down here last week um, on last Saturday, and <laughs> yeah, um, no. and it's you know it's the same here. right. So I don't know. It's just you know been a weird year anyway. So it's always like as far as the weather, it's it seems mm-hmm. like it's, it's finally starting to um, get you know less chilly today. And um, and um yeah, so and it's Halloween, man. I know you know. Um, you involved in the church? Is, is your church having something today for Halloween, like a, a trunk or treat or something like that? Uh, no, we they're not doing anything uh, today uh, as far as uh, Halloween is concerned. So I guess pretty much, I guess everybody's gonna do their own thing because they really don't want people to uh, to go out to do anything as far as um, you know, as far as the social distance is concerned. Yeah, I feel you, man. Yeah, it's a lot going on with this COVID nineteen. You know, even if, yeah. you, if even if you do do anything, you just got to be safe with it. You know what I'm saying? Um, but yeah, so I know we we talked previously about you know you growing up in DC. Um, let's give me. Mm-hmm. I know you was saying you you played football and you was um you know 
at a young age, you was inspired to be, you know, wanted to be a minister and stuff like that. So just give me a background yeah. of your of your life growing up in DC. Uh yeah, um, like I said, I grew up um, in Washington D.C. Uh, back in the early '80s and '90s, and um, and so like I said, it was pretty. I was in a very uh, it was kind of a, a rough neighborhood. Uh, with that, within a two mile radius, I was surrounded by several different rough neighborhood neighborhoods coming up, and uh, I was just fortunate to be able to make it out. Uh, without, you know, really, um, you know, uh, as I wasn't as fortunate for others, my friends and so forth, who, uh, you know, who uh, lost their lives to the street or incarcerated and stuff, uh, you know, being in those environments, you know, just becoming a product of your environment. I was just fortunate that God didn't allow that to be. So, you know, I was raised, um, in a two-parent household, mom and dad, um, where though you know my my dad he was a he was a he was a he's a preacher, deacon preacher, and now he's a pastor. So uh, like I guess you call a PK kid. So uh, mm-hmm. you know we had some real strict guidelines coming up. You know even though we still you know you know still trying to do our thing, but we had, we grew up in this kind of a strict uh, household and. Um, went off to play football and baseball at H.C. Woodson Senior High School in Hill, D.C. And uh, I got a, a few scholarship offers and uh, I went to the schools. But for whatever reason, I just had a hard time adjusting, you know, being away from home, away from the family and just, uh, I guess, different culture shocks. And so I wasn't able to focus to stay in school and get my degree or anything Um uh, Unfortunately, yo, so I had, uh, yeah, flunked out primarily in college. <laughs> mm-hmm. And so, so uh, and then, uh, you know, God was calling me to preach, even though I really, uh, I really was not trying to accept that call. I was like, Lord, I just want to play ball. I don't want to be doing no preaching, you know. <laughs> right, I feel you. <laughs> I just, it wasn't, you know, I, my thing because I was like, you know, I don't know anything about it. I don't speak that eloquently or, you know, I just feel as though I wasn't ready. But uh, I was called to preach at uh, 24 years old. Uh, God called me to preach at 24 years old. Uh, the name of the church was uh, First Rock Baptist Church at that time. And uh, so, uh, you know, I ever since, uh, you know, been preaching since age of 24 been in ministry so. no no doubt no doubt yeah and I, I read that you that um it said your first sermon was in 1994 is that correct yes yeah at first rock baptist church uh pastor at that time was uh pastor richard c corbin um and um i told him i said god you know i felt that god was calling me preaching so you know he was like okay and so I, I preached my first trial sermon there. And um and so uh, I've been ever since and that's what I've been doing now. Uh at one point in time in ministry I did I, I did hit a, a stage where, you know, like a what we call a backsliding stage where I just, you know, I um 
just didn't have a desire to go or do anything. You know, I think after my divorce had uh, occurred, I just kind of fell off. And so uh, I just needed, you know, some time to get myself together to get back on track. And, and uh, you know, which it, it happened and it did. I was able to do so. And, you know, I'm here today. You know, God is, you know, good. And he was able to uh, help me get back on track. So I'm thankful today for that. And uh, this is just one of my books I've written. I've written like three other books. Mm-hmm. Uh, the first one, uh, first book is titled uh, The Insecurities of Men. Uh, the second book uh, titled The Devastations of Abuse Amongst Women. And the third book was uh, titled Misdefining Love, a book on love and relationships. And uh, this is the latest one right here, the book I've just written, uh, The Challenges of Fatherhood. So it's been an exciting journey, um, you know, writing and, you know, spreading the word and message of hope and encouragement to uh, people through, uh, through writing these books. So I'm thankful and grateful. Yeah, that's all right, man. Yeah, because I was about to talk yeah. about, your, um, you know, your books. And, you know, before we talk about that, I know you said your first sermon. I know you were saying you weren't really trying to be a preacher or a minister, man. So, like, on that, your first yeah. sermon, like, how did that go? Like, were you nervous or, like, how, you know, how did, how did that go? Yeah. For you? Yeah, I was nervous. Um, But I remember when I was in school and uh, when I was in college, I went to, uh, uh, I had took a public speaking class. And, um, you know, my my professor, I remember her telling me, she said, uh, she wrote my paper to, to for me, you know, for me to do what do do what God has called you to do. And that was just like an affirmation, you know, like, you know, because I guess the way how I did my um we had like about three, three to four minutes uh assignment that we we had to do and I I did a um I had did something on love, and so I think she was just letting me know how she was touched by it and how, you know, she was like, you know, do what God has called you to do. And then, you know, uh, always when you when you always go before, speaking before people, you all, I, was, I was extremely nervous because it, it wasn't a little bit of people, it was a lot of people. So uh, that, that experience was kind of, uh, yeah, I was very nervous about that. Because usually I, I tend to be a shy, shy guy, kind of shy person. But when it's time for me to get up and speak or deliver, you know, it's just like you know, God takes over and um, He speaks through me. So that's uh, just kind of how how that works. Yeah, no doubt. Yeah, as long as you got Him, man, you can you can do anything. You know what I'm saying? And you know, once you got once you got through that first moment, you know, you can be like, all right. I got that out the way. Yeah. I, can, I can do more of them now, you know. Yeah. yeah. So I mean, you always gonna have your uh, your doubts, or maybe not so much doubts, but you you know you get a little nervous before you are always speaking before proud people. But uh, you know, I just decrease and let the Lord increase, and you know, He just like I say, He speaks through me, you know. But let the Spirit have His way. Yes, sir. No doubt. No doubt. Yeah. So, um, but, uh, 
you know, like I said, uh, it's, it's, you know, I just also, I was just, you know, uh, when you becoming a, a minister, you know, it seems like you're always on the microscope and uh, people always want to watch and, you know, and uh, I had to learn how to realize that, you know, God, I was, I'm saved by grace. You know, it's not my behavior that saved me. You know, when Jesus died on the cross, he did the work. He did the work, and uh, you know, so when I stand, I stand in God, his righteousness, not my own. So I had to learn that, you know, that uh, sometimes you, 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 you're you going to fall, but you just have to be able to get back up and continue on and um, don't let certain things stagnate you or keep you down, you know. So uh, I have I've had to learn that, so... Yeah, no doubt, man. I mean, that's that's the journey we all go through, and I, yeah. mean, I get it. You know, as far as being a minister, a minister, you're being under a microscope, and the people put you on a pedestal like you're not the same as them. You know, we all mm-hmm. have our same journeys. I mean, our same struggles too. So, you know, just because you're a minister, don't mean you're not gonna go through anything. So, you know, it's kind of. I mean, that's the way it is. But I mean, I, I definitely understand yeah. how you was you would have to go through that. Um, but you know your relationship with God is just your you know your personal relationship. So it's not really yeah. who, who cares about what people are thinking about you, as long as you're doing what you what you're supposed to do. And when you fall mm-hmm. down, let's get back up. That's that's all you can do, man. So yeah, yeah. So like I say, you know, it's it's a real thing. You know, like I say, you know, when when you go through things and you know you experience certain things, and then when you you realize that you know sometimes you may call people up. For a word of encouragement, or call a friend to look out, or try to have your back on certain things, and sometimes you can't even get, can't even reach a friend. So you say to yourself, "Where do you turn to now?" So, and I think that's what God had put me at, where I didn't have anybody to really turn to, you know, uh, as far as you know, He allowed me to realize that you know people won't let you down. That's you know, but He, but He never let you down. So He, you know, He had me in that position. With uh, you know, don't put no confidence in, in, in people as much because people are human and uh, they they have the capability of uh, disappointing you sometimes. So uh, I had to learn that. And I'm just thankful, you know, that yeah, you know, he's uh, showing himself to be great in my life and in my walk, you know, from day to day. Yeah, no doubt, bro. No doubt. Yeah. <laughs> and I know you. Uh... You were just talking about your three your three books you've written before. You got a total of four books, right? Including the, the fatherhood yeah, book. Yeah. Okay. So, um, what led you to, to you know create your first book and you know your first three books? Like, did you ever think you was gonna be an author? You just thought like, man, this I have some information I can write into a book and that would be a great thing to do. What what kind of led you to do that? Uh, well, I just you know I I, I um. I just, I was just praying and asking God, I say, you know, um, you know, cause sometimes as you know, in some ministries, you know, you, some, you may not get the opportunity to always preach, you know, and I just said, you know, I asked the Lord as to, uh, you know, um, to, if I, I needed a platform, one of the, you know, I just felt compelled to have a platform to share. Uh, with the people, all the things that God has, you know, revealed to me. And, um, you know, so like I said, you know, you know, we're not, 
as ministers, we're not limited to just the pulpit being able to share his word. You know, we see people when we go out to the malls, to the, the highways, byways, and anywhere. So, and then um, I just, you know, started writing, you know, and, and expressing myself and, and found comfort in writing, you know, and being able to share it and putting it on the, on the book or so forth. So I just, uh, I found comfort in writing and I didn't even know or realize that, you know, that it was something that I would think I would enjoy doing. But, you know, sometimes you just stumble upon things God had see fit. You know, you'd be like, wow, I didn't know I could do that. Or, but, you know, through Christ, we could do all things. You know, this is not myself. They, you know, I've, you know, like I said, I have, I have a free college. I've gone, I have some training in ministry. I've, you know, took, took some classes. I'm, a, I'm currently in school now, uh, Bible Faith Global University. I'm taking classes. Uh, but, you know, previously in my younger years, I haven't, uh, uh, I haven't received a degree or anything. So it was just like I said, all of this is God. Uh, empowerment, you know, empower me to do and write these things. Yes, sir. So, yes, sir, bro. Yeah, I mean, it's yeah. a lot of things that you don't even know that you're capable of doing until you try. You know, it might seem outrageous in, in the beginning, but once you start mm-hmm. doing it, just like, you know, as far as the preaching, you was like, man, I don't know about that. And once you started doing it, it became, a you know, a thing you do now and then, you know, you're writing books. You know, yeah. you just got to take a leap, uh, not even a leap of faith, man. Just know that you can, let's try to see if you can even do it. And if it don't work yeah. out, it's not a, it's not a bad thing. It just didn't work out. You just got to keep trying things until you find what you think your calling is and go from there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because I, I just, you know, I got to felt to a place where, you know, I kept going to these different colleges. I kept getting these different scholarships to play ball. And I was like, oh, I keep saying like, you know, it's not working out, you know, I'm trying too hard or, or what it is, or, you know, so I just, the reality of it is, you know, and, and God told me, it's like, this is not what I want you to do, you know? And so I just, I had my own agenda and sometimes God will shut you down, you know, to let you know, this is the person, the plan I have for your life. You know, we can always plan stuff, you know, and I always went to school just to appease my parents. I never really was going you know, for myself or, you know, because I wanted to, I was going because pretty much my parents wanted me to go. And I just got to a point where God was dealing with me. It was like, okay, this is not the plan I have for your life. So just start shutting things down. That's when I realized, like, okay, okay, God, I mean, this is what you want me to do. As long as you are with me and you will support me in it or you want to be with me in it, I'll do it. You know, when you, you know, that happens sometimes. We just keep on trying to do things and try to figure out why it ain't working. It's because God is not saying He has the peace. You know, we can have a, a, have a plan, but He has the ultimate plan for our lives. You know, and I didn't know that. Right. Yeah. And, um, so. Yeah, that's facts, yeah. man. I mean, you know, Sometimes we have our own personal agenda, agenda, like you said, and um, mm-hmm. we have like this whole thing planned out. Like, this is what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna do it this way, and I'm gonna get this done by this day. And then, like, <laughs> it, it won't, it won't come out it nothing like you thought it would. Yeah. 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 Ye
it just don't materialize to what you expected it to be. And you'd be like, man, and you keep trying and doing this and doing that. And it seems like doors being closed. Yep. Until you and find that one like, thing. Yep. And I just came to the point. I was like, wow. I said, man, I never really, you know, people always ask you what you want to be when you grow up, but. We never take time to pray and ask God, what is it, Lord, what plan, or what do you desire for us to do in this world? What, what, what do you want us to be? Or what, what, what's my purpose in this world? You know, we, you know, I never had, had no one challenge me to ask me that. You know, what's your purpose in this world? Why am I here? You know? Yeah. That's a question that I know we all ask ourselves. You know, yeah. before, but to have somebody else ask you, like, yeah, doesn't really happen a lot, but you know, no. <laughs> uh, so I was that's you know, so that's why you know my mind just began to. He started to you know build things and put things in place and uh, teach me certain things. Yes, sir, um, man. So it's 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 a, it's a wonderful thing, though. It's it's. You know. Yeah, I can definitely agree. I can definitely agree with that, bro. And um, and you know, you say you wrote your your first three books, and um, yeah. So is your book about fatherhood? Is that your newest book? I mean, I know it's your newest book, but how long has it been out since you put it? I mean, well, it just it just was it's just been out. Um, what I would say September. It was it just came out uh, due to COVID. You know, a lot of things kind of slowed down the whole, uh, you know, usually have your book signings and different other things, but COVID slowed down. This year slowed down a lot of those things. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, like, what made you want to write a book about fatherhood? Like, you had a lot of different topics on your first three books. Uh, how, yeah. what, what made you choose, you know, to, to focus on fatherhood as your fourth book? Yeah. Yeah, this particular book I, I, I wrote on fatherhood because, you know, as I looked around and I began to see things, um, that, you know, a lot of single parent households, specifically, and, you know, I'm looking in uh, the black community, it's a lot of single, single parent households, and most of those are being run by, you know, black women, you know. So the fathers, I just don't see that it's not a lot of fathers, uh, not around. I began to ask and talk to different men and different fathers to, to get an idea to find out, you know, where, you know, where the men at, you know, where the fathers at, you know, why, you know, and some kids, you know, like I said, they look forward to their dad or to, to uh, be there at their games or various functions, you know, and um, so it's just, I, I just began to ask questions and the Lord just began to reveal some things, uh, different, the different challenges that we as uh, fathers face with that, uh, you know, because it's hard, you know, and we as men, you know, the only time most of us, we talk about things or try to get things out of our chest, when we go to the barber shop or, you know, we, we are out, we might go, we have our man cave, have a few buddies over, stuff like that. But, mm-hmm. you know, men, we, we don't have a tendency to talk about a lot of things that's bothering us. And so, uh, I just began to, you know, the Lord began to show me how to put things together to really get an understanding as to what's going on. 
with uh, why a lot of men are not in the homes. Yeah. So. Yeah, that's true, man. So, like, because, I, I mean, I can relate to this a lot because my father, he was incarcerated when I was um, a baby, like when I was two years old, and he got out okay. when I was around thirteen. But you know, and that's and that's where the, the caps the world brand comes from. He originally started it and passed it down to me. But you know, um, I mean, a lot of fathers, man, you know, black fathers are incarcerated, and just yeah. for me to be able to still have a relationship with my father is very important. I mean, he's not the you know perfect father. Nobody is, but. Right. Um, you know, that, that, yeah, that just comes from just a lot of things we, as black men and just black people in general, just you know, family wise, like you just said, just it's a lot, a lot of things. Yeah, um, yeah, because like I said, you know, like I said, it could be complicated. Like I said, if you weren't taught or shown things by your parents or your family members and certain things about you know how to be a father, you know, uh, you know, if you or some things you might have been told or whatever you might have missed, but, you know, I, I just run and talk to a lot of brothers that uh, when I was in a, went to the prison ministry, a lot of brothers were angry, you know, because they, you know, their fathers weren't there for them and they just felt like, you know, it was let, let them down. And, you know, so there's a lot of people, not just men that are angry, you know, by not their father, but it was some, it's some women that are angry because their fathers, you know, haven't been there um for them as well and it has affected them into their in their childhood to their adulthood. So uh but yeah it's just you know I wrote that too, you know, to try to to encourage you know, to inspire, inform, influence and just to light a fire um under men to, you know, to try to become a better father the way that God desires for us to be um as men. Yes, sir, man. Yes, sir. So, like, where where can people get this book at? Uh, we can go to Amazon, Barnes and Noble, um, any of your online uh, bookstores to uh, to purchase the book. Yeah, but I think this this book right here would be a truly a uh, great blessing to uh, for all men, you know. And women as well, you know, because uh, like you said, these days when you're raising children, it, it, it takes a village, you know. It, you, it takes a you gotta have a good support, and uh, we have to support one another, you know, because that's nowadays a lot of people, you know, some people working two, three jobs, and you know, and um, just trying to make ends meet, and sometimes you, you need somebody. Uh, a support staff around you, you know, when you talking about raising children these days, um, definitely need that. So I, I think this book right here is, a, it'll be a blessing. I think tremendous blessing to, uh, not only this man, but I think everybody. Because there's so much in here. It's like nine chapters in here. Stuff that God has poured into me, you know, I put my heart and soul in this book. So, uh, I just feel as though it is, it's, uh, it'll be a, it will be an impact. We'll have an impact, a great impact on anyone who decides to read this book. No doubt, no doubt. So, mm-hmm. uh, do you have kids, kids of your own? Yeah, I do have kids. My oldest son, he's uh, twenty-two. I have three 
three kids um, total. So, um, yeah. But, um, yeah, I guess, you know, and then we just talked about, uh, you know, I also wrote, you know, the family dynamic today, you know, five men, and we, you know, I talk to brothers, they talk about, you know, having stepkids and stuff like that. You know, a lot of men, you know, a lot of me, a lot of women now dating and they may have children. And a lot of men say, I don't want to talk to a woman who has kids and stuff like that. And I'm just saying, you know, I mean, you know, as long as, you know, you have someone who will work beside you, it, it shouldn't be a problem. But, you know, I come across the situation myself. I was married to somebody who uh, had three, uh, three children. And, um, you know, it was a, it was a challenge because, uh, you know, the thing of it is, you know, um, some women, they don't have a problem with you spending their, your money on your kids and, and everything. But when it comes time for you to discipline or correct their kids, that's where some women have a problem where they feel as though they're going to draw the line. Oh, you can't talk to him. You, you, you can't tell them to do that. I was like, well, I'm, if we are together, I feel as though I have a right to correct him because I have adopted him as my son now that we are married. So I have every right to correct him. But, you know, like I said, that's one of the challenges uh, that some men are faced with these days. Uh, and I talk uh, about that in the book as well. Um, today with the family dynamic of having stepchildren and different things of that nature today. No doubt, because I mean, I had a stepfather. Well, I have a stepfather myself. You know, my dad was incarcerated. Um, you know, my mom met my stepfather, and I was raised by him. And then when my dad got home, I was still able to have a, a relationship with my real dad, and um, I still have a relationship with my stepdad too. So you know, um, he took it upon himself. You know, he treated me like I was his own son. He still do to this day. And um, you know, like you said, sometimes it takes a man that you know he corrected me too and my mom didn't have a problem with that so it's all about mm-hmm. having that balance and understanding of this is what this is how we're going to do things and yeah. um you know so yeah i can definitely agree with your your perspective on that on that right there yeah yeah so um i um but yeah I, like i said it's um it's a lot going on these days and um like i said i think that you know, um, there's a lot of wayward children, a lot of children out here that are raising themselves. And I think if they had a, a, a strong father in the home to help the mom out, uh, it would help to ease the mom's worry and a lot of stress being added upon her, you know, within the household. Even though, like I said, my grandmother, she, uh, she raised 13 kids on her own so it's not saying that it's impossible for a woman to raise uh men um by herself but you know god decided for a husband and wife to do it together right right that's yeah. a fact i can agree definitely yeah. can agree man uh yeah bro i had a couple more questions before i let you go man like i said i appreciate this conversation okay. And I, I thank you for being patient with me with my technical difficulties with my mics, man. Um, normally, I can just plug everything in and they start to work right. But for some reason today, it just won't try to act right, bro. Um, yeah. 
But yeah, that's how it is, man. Sometimes. Yeah, it's, yeah, it is. It's, it's no, um, it happens. You know, things sometimes don't go as planned. Sometimes, so you just gotta emphasize and go through, go with the flow. Yep, got to, got to keep on pushing, man. So yeah. this is my my question to you, and I ask all my guests this question, and um, mm-hmm. just re- re- um, relate this to what you do now. So, how did you plan? to capture the world and by that i mean you know how do you plan to capture the world with what you're doing right now um well i, I always feel that and, and, and this has always been my thing i think you know what people will say you know uh what i mean success may mean a lot of things to every everybody differently but I think successful uh, capturing the world in me is what I'm able to um, help somebody or to pull somebody who was once down to be able to pull them up. You know, that's that's what capturing the world and, and its success is. I was uh, touched by uh, uh, the guy that played Black Planter, um, mm-hmm. you know, he passed away recently, and he was a dynamic. He was a great actor, uh, and I was just touched by Denzel Washington's interview when Denzel said, "You know, when he said Debbie Allen called him, and you know, he just he didn't even realize who he was helping, and the seed, and to see, I guess, the seed that he planted in this man's life to blossom like that." That's that to me is what success is, and that's what I, what I you know, I I like to do. I like to try to plant seeds to help people to blossom and to become someone better. No doubt. That's yeah. I love that man. That's great. Yeah. So, so as long as I, like I said, as long as I help somebody along the way or help. A lot of more than one person along the way. I, I'm I'm forever grateful and thankful to know that I you know succeeded in doing so. Yes, sir. Because you know I, I you know I'm not about you know the money. I mean I I, I mean I I work uh, so I'm not you know most of the, the projects that I fund is mostly out of my own pocket. You know. And so I'm not, to be honest, I'm not really, you know, saying that I'm making a whole lot of money off my books, you know what I'm saying? Because I'm, I'm, to be honest with you, I'm really not. But I just want this word, the word, that the seeds that, that I'm planting, that's in his the words that be planted in people's uh, hearts to, to grow. You know, like I said, I get my king, my crown later on. So, uh so that that's pretty much um, as far as capturing the world. Awesome, bro! Awesome. Yeah, man, I, yeah. I appreciate the conversation, man. And um, you know, overall, you know, fatherhood is very important. It's still very important. You know, sometimes it seems like this world is kind of shifts shifts in the way from that. Like, you know, it's making it okay to mm-hmm. not have that in your life but you know i i definitely agree that's still an important aspect of you know a household a mother and a father you know a father is very important mm-hmm. in a child's lives 
And um Yeah. Definitely agree with that. And yeah. oh go ahead. No, go ahead. Yeah, I was just agreeing with you. Oh, okay. Yeah, I was just about to say, you know, let's tell the audience, you know, if there is there any way other um avenues where they can find you on, you know, any social medias or anything like that you wanna yeah, plug uh, in right quick. I could be contacted at uh on Instagram, Twitter, uh things of that nature, uh author. A U T H O R uh Isaac Wilson. And you should be able to find me. No doubt, no doubt. Under that. Okay. Yeah, I want to Isaac Wilson. And then you said the and, book uh, is on Amazon and stuff, right? Amazon and uh, where else? Uh Barnes and Noble, all the online um book venues that they uh sell books at. You should be able to uh be able to get it or be able to download it on Kindle and so forth as well. Um, but like I said, I do, I would be willing to do speaking and engagements or whatever by appointment if, if anybody would like me to uh, do do any speaking for them. No doubt, no doubt, man. That's great, bro. Definitely. Yeah. Um, definitely got to check that book out, man. It's all about listeners shout out to all of our spotify listeners apple podcast listeners youtube listeners um thank mm-hmm. you for continuing to rock with the show and to my guest isaac wilson jr i wish you much success um in your thank endeavors you, you, man you, and this continue to be great man 2020 has been a rough year but that doesn't mean we still can be we, we can still be great throughout all this we got going on so um we just got to keep yeah. pushing through man yeah, I appreciate you having me on. And like I said, everybody just keep their head up because 2020, if anything, it brought me closer to the Lord more so than ever before. You know, every it, 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 2020 made me realize what's more, what's more important these days? What's more important to you? You know, you know, spending time with your family and, 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 and kids and stuff. Well, that's, that's more value because we get so caught up and on the move. We're not spending enough time with our loved ones or talking because we're so busy doing other things. And so, like I said, 2020, uh, like I said, just brought, brought, brought a lot of things in perspective for me. So I'm thankful God's still in control. Yes, sir. Most definitely, bro. Um, yeah. yeah, man. Great conversation. I thank you for being part of the podcast. And um, to all of our listeners, man, we see y'all on the next episode. Y'all have a good one. Peace. Peace. Take it.